guys, welcome back to Are We Rolling? AWR. You're listening to AWR after such such a long break. It must have been like what few weeks since we last spoke to this microphones over here. It's uh, it's officially been two weeks, right? Since we uh, were taking a short break. Yes, 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 yes. Because uh, we were busy with our own schedules. Yeah, uh, Derek has his work. Yep. I have my own thing as well. Yep, and uh, and also, you know, our country has been going on into this uh, CMCO thing, which uh, prohibits like uh, traveling between interdistrict and stuff. Mm. So you know, presence it of road water. It seems to be all right now. Yeah, it is. It is. It seems to be quite uh, tapered off right now. But I mean, there are still roadblocks in some area. I read again, but I've not encountered any thus far in, in my travels but uh, yeah I guess yeah. I've been lucky enough because I, I have been to KL but I haven't been through Me a too. roadblock yeah, so yeah, yeah. they can't just stuck in every alternate road but I mean again here we are Um, you know we are we are in the second stage of CMCO uh, scheduled to end on, on November the 9th I think Uh, and then we'll hear news whether it'll be extended again or whichever uh, prohibition they'll enforce next but yeah, uh, it, it's been a while. How are you? It, it's really, really been a while. It's been like two weeks since uh, I last saw you. I've been busy. <laughs> I think it's one of those moments where, you know, you you have so much work. Yeah. And then you just feel like you don't want to do anything on your downtime. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just watching movies, playing Among Us, all that good stuff. That thing is really big now i think i've known some people who have yeah, like have some... you not played it no 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 i've i've not i've not um i have i've had people inviting me to to play but i i just not it's, buying it's fun it's fun <laughs> okay okay uh, I mean, it's easy enough to just get like a group of maybe 10 people right and just yeah it's easy enough to play you know it doesn't really require a lot of mm. brain power although you know it's a, it's kind of strategy yeah, is yeah. yeah yeah okay okay so it's, yeah, it's fun Okay, um, in context, we're recording this on a Saturday, on a very random Saturday. We're where... recording it on Halloween, actually. Yes, So, yes. happy post-Halloween when you're listening Ye- to this. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, uh, in America right now, I mean, if you're scrolling through your Instagram right now, you could have seen one or two or maybe more, like, Halloween outfits. You know, people, like, celebrating around, uh, visiting was... houses in their candies and... I was just looking at uh, Heidi Klum's Instagram and yeah. she always has very interesting Most outfits. Out there every year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not sure what she's gonna come up with but, um, you know, by the time this episode comes up, you'll probably know what yeah. it is. We'll probably know more because, uh, like, what time in America right now? I'm, I'm not too... It's sure. about 3am-ish. Okay, okay. October 30th over there? Friday. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, but anyway, we'll be, you know, uh, going through uh, one or two news and then we'll mm. run through, you know, in keeping of the uh, Halloween festivity around us. I know Halloween is not that much celebrated in our country over here, but you know what we do love? We love horror movies. You know, uh, I'm a huge fan of horror movies myself. And, uh, As am I. Yep. Yep, there's a lot of horror movie lovers in our country. And uh, we thought it would be best to just run down our, what I consider to be our personal favorite horror movies, you know, yeah. in keeping up with the episode's theme. We'll do our like top five Personal yeah. horror movie yeah. list. No, um, so it's, it's not gonna be the best of yeah. you wouldn't horror see, movies. You wouldn't see this list. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll come up with some surprises maybe along the way. But uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure our 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 uh, selections will intersect, will intercross at some point. Um, to which then yeah, we'll just acknowledge it and then just just move on to our next uh next film. But 
I'm pretty sure it'll be fun because I've been I've been wanting to do this for quite quite some time now. You know, sharing um personal favorite uh horror films that have shaped who we are till this day. So it's really fun. So we'll move on with the news. Um, I heard you have a, a news. Uh, yeah, I have a news that's so small. It's as small as the <laughs> the app itself. Okay. So uh, if any of you have heard of Quibi, mm. uh. You know, fear not because it's not here anymore. But basically, uh, Creepy, it was this platform that was uh, supposed to be on your phone. And then it's kind of like a streaming platform for original shows. Um, but, you know, sadly, it, it, it closed down after six months in operation. Yeah. And um, I think part of the reason that it, was this, uh, it wasn't so well received is um, from, from what I've gathered is that the user experience just wasn't that great. Mm. Um, first off, you know, you cannot transfer the show to like a a, a, a monitor or like a TV. You can't cast it to yeah, a second you screen. Yeah. So you, li- you literally just have to watch it on your phone. It is really made <laughs> exclusively on the palm of your hand, yes. basically. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, from user experience, um, it's been known that uh, a lot of videos that, uh, that, that, that play, you know, they usually, they lag quite a bit. Yeah, and then yeah. it buffers quite often that and then sucks, some of the shows were also not to say you know that they have the best quality yeah, overall yeah. Um, so I have, uh, seen, I have read about one two or three shows that have received quite there nice there are actually a few shows yeah, yeah. that um, that have pretty good uh, actors yeah. um, and also I guess pretty in, uh, in, interesting storyline yeah. but you know I don't I, it's probably not enough to like hold the whole app up together correct yeah. Um, and yeah, and the reason like Creepy sort of became a thing was because uh, it was during COVID that, uh, mm. you know, everyone was stuck at home. And so we know they knew that everyone would be stuck on your phones. And so uh, the situation, you know, lends itself to to this streaming, to, yeah. to this existence yeah. of the streaming platform. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, ultimately, I guess the luxury of the content um, was their yeah, downfall. And most people just, prefer to watch it on the TV, you know, especially when you're at Correct. home and you have a big screen on mm. in your living room, you know, why you want to watch it on your phone yeah, only? Yeah, I mean, um, um, they, they market the app as kind of like the kind of app that you open while, while you're in the middle of things, you mm-hmm. know, when you're heading to work and then via the train or you're, you know, sitting in your, in your, in your, in your, in your Uber rides and stuff. That's the time when you have like 20, uh, 10, 20 minutes to kill and then that's when you open the app and then you just watch one episode or two of that show and then you just continue on with your life. So it's like kind of like for that very rush mentality of today's uh, 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 urbanites, I guess. So um, I have no idea whether, I'm pretty sure this app wasn't conceived during COVID season. You know, they must have made this like, uh, they, must, they must have had this plan like prior to this and then COVID hits the country and then the timing just kind of like okay so i guess everybody's like on their phone or at home right now so they'll spend more time on your on your on the screen so they kind of like had this small uh search in the usage i guess you know it could be and then you with that you have like more shows coming out from various other creators and stuff um have you seen any any could be I, I haven't seen any show at all yeah. i think there was a one there was one point i was uh sort of intrigued to find out what it was but yeah just the thought of watching a show on my phone i i generally don't do that yeah. even with netflix correct so yeah, yeah i just watch youtube on my phone yeah i mean even youtube <laughs> kind of like proven quite a quite a work sometimes yeah. depending on the video that you're watching 
But talking about streaming platforms, you know, um, it seems like anyone right now who has like some sort of network mm. uh, is able to do a streaming platform. Like, uh, I've seen news that Astro is already coming up with their own they are, they are. original content. You know, yeah, they yeah. want to, of course, uh, tackle Netflix and yeah. uh, other platforms around here. So you'll soon see Astro with yeah. their own thing as well. I do I not mean, want to jinx their success, but we'll probably uh, able to predict the kind of metric of success that they'll have with their streaming channel as opposed to the gigantic uh, streaming channel that we already have, you know, in the form of Netflix. And some of us even have Hulu, you know, some of us even have Amazon. So, Your Comcast and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, I'm just saying it'll be, it'll be just a bit tight of a competition feel like yeah. when you want to get into the game, but you know. It's... I wouldn't be surprised if uh, mobile companies start doing it too. Yeah. Like Maxis. If everyone has a Maxis, uh, you know, uh, Wi-Fi at home, yeah. then you could you could sort of bundle it up with the streaming yeah, they would, network. I, I mean, I can see that happening. Yeah. What was that? Uh, Norflix? Was that it? The the one that focuses on the Malay, the, the, the Islamic I have no idea what yeah, that is. It is. It is. It's an actual it. thing, but I might get the name wrong, but... Um, apparently some somebody kind of like uh, I saw like some in like movie edit groups they've been like uh, leakings of how the user interface looks like of the app so that app is actually very very real it's just haven't been launched yet so I've seen it somewhere it looks very Netflix-ish uh, but they have like original shows being made for the for the app and, and stuff like that so there's been some type of money being pumped through this um, apps and tech and uh, yeah, some somebody's definitely doing some work behind the scenes. So we'll, we'll we'll see some of our some of us some of our own apps coming through in the in the coming years, I guess. Yeah, but I, the one thing I've learned a lot during this COVID season, especially in quarantine, is that yeah. parents or like elderly people they yeah. really love their K dramas a lot. Yeah, my yeah. mom has been binge watching so many. Like, I I I can't keep up. Like she watches one show after another, and she, she's the one who is on Netflix. Rude. On Netflix, okay. she's the one who's glued to the TV now. She, like she's, more than me. She's the main contributor why some K dramas are like in the top ten of, yeah. the, of the of the Netflix. I have so many K dramas just like recommended to me on my Netflix account because yeah, yeah. she uses my account. So yeah, when you when you look at when you take a quick glance through the top ten, it's funny how it encompasses every facets of our audiences. You can tell like in the first three, and the first three top ten are like K drama shows, and then. There's a fourth one that'd be like some random movie, and then the fifth mm. one, that's like, you can tell. And it's like one American this is, show. This is definitely not a cinephile stop. Then this is mostly <laughs> like you know normal auntie uncle kind of a thing, like yeah, you know, yeah. nothing to watch on like a Friday night, and then decided to watch that thing, and then everybody tune in the same thing, and then yeah. I mean it's 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 a it's a metric of success in terms of like Netflix um 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 like how they measure data and stuff. So I guess that's a. Yeah, that's that's how they they mm-hmm. quantify it, I guess. You know. Yeah, I mean, Netflix really has got our attention right now already. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been watching like numerous Netflix shows anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we are gonna move on to our main topic today, yes. which is our top five personal horror movie list, mm. like the best ones for us personally. And uh, you know, Derek and I, I, we've watched our fair share of horror movies um, from all over the world. Yep. And yeah, so today we're going to, we're just going to run down what our top five is yep. and we're going to do like a, you know, one by one kind of yep. format. 
And bear in mind, top five doesn't mean that uh, and certain it's not films, in order as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and not doesn't mean that certain films are superior than the others. I mean, for me personally, these five films are like, uh, personally for me, it's really hard for me to choose because I have like a lot to pick up from. But I guess I just have to like pick any of this out, and I'm fine with that selection because I, uh, it's the kind of film that I've been like, I've been, I've watch one time and there are some of the films where I've watched multiple times and if some of the films where I've watched since I was a kid and various others and I have some honorable mention as well I'm not some I have a lot of honorable mention but of course I wouldn't be saying all them out loud but we'll see whether we can get through them in, in interest of time well let's start with uh, Derek's first movie oh, then okay yeah um it's okay I'm, go- I'm gonna start with the very recent okay uh backstory is that I've I've gone through my own horror movie marathon in this past week so I've just been like very randomly just uh you know picking out all those films that I've seen before and then kind of like re-watching them some of the films I've never seen before I re-watched them uh, I've watched them for the first time and very recently I just watched this uh yesterday I think is this film called It Follows okay so It Follows um is a uh Film debut, feature film debut by David Robert Mitchell. I might got the director's name wrong a bit, uh, but it it came out in the year twenty fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. I might mm-hmm. got the year wrong as well, but it's a film about um this group of teenagers being pursued by this malevolent um spirit, basically. Um, it's 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 a very simple concept you know it's a very simple concept i mean it's a for me horror movies are all about those kind of like uh is those things that appear mundane but at a creep it's quite creepy at the same time you know in the case of it follows basically just a person like following you from a distance you know you couldn't pick out a person from a from a group of from a group of people standing uh, randomly nearby but it's just you know that one particular figure is just walking slowly towards you and the first time i watched it, it terrifies me quite a bit because it's it's always the image that stuck out to me you know this image of like a person just walking slowly towards you no matter what happened and you just had the impression you just can't outrun them at all times so that kind of like stuck with me through the years and um i've recently rewatched it and it's the film that gets really even better with rewatch because then you could appreciate all the technical brilliance that goes with it you know the way the film opens with this uh beautiful one shot of the girl just escaping the house and uh, all these like creepy static shots um, that kind of like your eyes kind of like scanning all the frame for like anything's there, but it's nothing is there, you know, those, those kind of thing. And the film kind of like uses really good use of music. Uh, the lead is quite good as well. And a form of uh, Maker Monroe, um, really good actress. It's probably her big, her breakout role, yeah, I it think, is, it is. right, in this movie. Yeah, I don't and... think I've seen her in anything else uh, prior to It Follows, but yeah. I remember watching it as well for the first time. Um, the use of like, uh, the way the camera looks at the Correct. single person in the center, I thought it was it was used like very very nicely. Yeah, this you know, usage of like wide angle lens yeah. and you're kind of like picking up uh this blockings and mise en scene of things on the screen and uh the the second you picked up someone's walking towards the center of the frame and then you that's the second you you sense something is gone horribly wrong but it's 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 very creepy and it's like um it's very unsettling sometimes mm. when you think about it image so you know i i really really love that movie actually i agree that um it gets you on a different level it's not mm. just on the surface 
uh like scaring kind of level, but yeah. it it gets under your skin. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that to me as well, it's like the the best kind of horror movie it's, where it's, it it's makes my you favorite kind it of makes horror you movie. feel yes. it as when, opposed to when those you're films done that, watching it. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to those films that really operates on the basis of like uh jump scares and stuff. You know, you know when the jump scare is approaching whenever. It, you know, a film is uh, the scene is cut in a particular way, and the way the film uh, the the scene is scored, and you you kind of like the scares you uh that you anticipate along the way. But those are the films that kind of grew kind of like uh, uh dry after a while. So it's films like It Follows that came out once in a while that kind of shows you what horror movies can be. You know, and and it's a great film as well, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I actually have that film, but mm. in my uh, notable mentions. Right, right. Yes. Right. So, so we, we, we have crossed our right. path yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, already. Um, and it, any more else to say about, about um, It Follows? No, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to move on to my first one. Um, and I'm going to take myself all the way back to when I was a kid. And then the really the first uh vivid horror movie that I've seen is this little B horror movie. It's called Leprechaun. Okay. It's uh oh, wow. back in nineteen ninety-three. Okay. okay, okay. And uh it was uh written and directed by Mark Jones, who basically did a lot of the sequels. Mm. So this uh Leprechaun movie is You're stars, really keeping it with the Halloween. It theme. stars <laughs> Warwick Davis. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, we yeah. know is a famous uh British actor yep. now. Um and also pre-friends Jennifer Aniston okay so very fresh okay. face uh, hasn't been in anything yet I need to re-watch that film it's so been such a long you would find, you would surprise yourself yeah, yeah and the reason I chose this um, well okay first off the story is uh, basically about this leprechaun monster that who is finding for his goal and then he stumbles upon a family um, mm. who just recently moved to a farm uh, mm. outskirts and uh, watching it as a kid, I remember just uh, being very, like, sort of terrified because it's, I think, one of the first real creature monster-esque yeah. thing that I've seen on screen. Mm. And, you know, the leprechaun face kind of has, like, very rough ridges. It's, like, very disgusting to look at. Kind of like, uh, um, what was that movie uh, about the scarecrow? Okay, uh, okay. I forgot what it was, yeah. but it's, it's just very scary looking. Uh. And then um, I was so afraid watching it um, that I, I couldn't go to sleep after that. Yeah. And then I had to wake my mom up and to stay up with me because I was just too too uh, afraid, uh, scared to like go to sleep and like, close my eyes. And it's just like certain scenes in it. Right? It's not to say very gory, but it kind of sticks with me. There's this one particular scene where the, the leprechaun is sort of like killing this guy for taking his goal and then it's, it's funny to think, think about it but uh, the leprechaun takes like a pogo stick and hops and jumps on top of the guy's chest uh, and, okay. and you can see like it's crushing his, okay, uh, his okay, ribs okay. and chest so like watching it as a kid it just like blew me away like you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like this yeah. like seeing something killing for the first time yeah. and uh, yeah it's just um, certain like CGI mm. like gore as- aspects as well. Um, it's pretty out, pretty out there. It's not yeah. to say like the best, you know. It, the you you can tell that the technology is was uh, it's pretty outdated if you look if you look mm-hmm. back at it now. But well, I mean the beauty of early nineties film, yes. you know, which relies on like very little CGI if there's any, but mm. mostly relies on like uh, man in the suit, makeup, and uh, you know practical effects, which is 
to me till this day is still the best kind of filmmaking you know it's the kind of filmmaking where you can't really notice the seams of it where you kind of like if you watch it at the right age you kind of like bought into the whole thing and then you very realize you know you very quickly realize that it will actually exist and the film has more of that effect on yourself you know when you're when you're growing up so i'm, I'm pretty sure when we're watching back those kind of film now at the age that we're in we're kind of like uh, i mean why am i you know you you feel silly while you're being scared uh, when, yeah, you're, when you're yeah, that young yeah. so but it, it's but, it's you know it's those yeah, kind of film yeah as, as as a kid it definitely stood out as yeah the horror movie like that the the movie that really started off uh my liking Correct. for horror movies and yeah it's yeah, never been a good start actually yeah yeah leprechaun you know go watch it if you if you <laughs> can find it now yeah um but yeah that 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 would be my, my first movie yeah it'd be a difficult film to find back even now though on the internet a little bit a little bit difficult yeah, yeah. yeah. did you did you rewatch that in, in, in I didn't oh, you I, did. that I, I didn't rewatch any on the list but it right uh, it was okay, just okay, okay. but the but the the ones I chose were just I guess vivid enough that I can remember that's always the best kind that's always yeah, the best yeah. kind they'll stick with you. Uh, speaking of films that stick to my head when I first watched it as a kid, I'm gonna, you know, my next list touches on the J-horror aspect. You know, I'm pretty sure at some point, I'm not too sure at what film that we will pluck out of Southeast Asia's very famous ghosts and specters and supernatural films out there, you know, either from Thailand or Japan or even China. Um, but this particular one is from Japan and it's called The Ring. The very first, uh, Ringu, actually, the, the very original title. I was about, uh, I must have been about eight or nine years old when I first watched this film. I remember my, my dad or my mom, I don't know why, but they bought that, you know, that pirated VCD cover off from like, from like some random shop from now, a very date mall in Jiras. Um, On that cover, there's this like very, I mean, if you Google uh, Ringu right now, Ringu 1998, I'm pretty sure that a very famous image comes up with this like image of this one singular eyeball covered with like hair that looks really, really angry for some reason. So as a kid watching that cover, that cover kind of like freaked me out. That's one. I don't know why this thing looks so angry and kind of like prompts a lot of questions like what that thing is, you know, why, why is it like that? And then when you watch the film, uh, being a kid as I am, I have no idea how, uh, looking, at, looking at it now, I remember you know, I was like rewatching The Ring a few days back and then I don't remember any of it except for some image that came out from that film, you know, the, the very famous image of the girl crawling out of the TVs and, and stuff like that. So it's those kind of images that kind of like stuck to my head of like, okay, girl with long hair, you know, it's, you know, it's that kind of image that like solidify um, Japanese horror cinemas and also the symbolic of all uh, 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 uh horror movie characters, I guess, you know, um, the, the, the long hair of uh, Sadako, you know, the long hair of like slowly creeping towards you in a very uh, staticky way. And uh, re-watching it back now, I did not know the film is quite dense, actually. You know, I mean, it, it, it goes on pretty simple, you know, it goes on like, um, there's this mysterious tape being passed around and then there's this girl character that, you know, watches the tape, the contents of the tape, which contains this very cryptic black and white images. And then as soon as she finishes the tape, the phone rings, um, a very creepy voice on the other end telling her she's going to die in seven days. So it's this very simple setup and then she soon goes on on this investigation of where the origin of this voice comes in, where the origin of this tape and discovers what really happened to the girl. So it's a very creepy tale on its own and uh, I, I totally forget that Hiroyuki Sanada was in the film as well. A very young Hiroyuki Sanada. 
So he's in the film um, uh, as quite a male uh, uh, lead actually in the film. So the film is really, really good. Uh, it's really, it, it really buries itself underneath all this like J-horror element, you know, very unsettling vibe, very dense atmosphere, very, it kind of like art housey in, in, in a way. It's not very common with most American horror movies. You know, American horror movies are more, even back in the late 90s, are more operated in the sense of like jump scares and very fancy camera effects. You know, when you think of Evil Dead and films like Evil Dead and Exorcist and all that stuff. So The Ring is kind of like a very love letter to all the old um, uh, horror movies, old European horror movies, you know, um, you, uh, using usage of compositions and silence and uh, slow moving characters, I guess, in a way. So the film is really creepy. So uh, The Ring, that's my number four. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the ones that I think people would say. Yeah. Um, the original one, of course. Um, I don't remember seeing it, mm. ex- uh, but I felt like I would have at some point. At some point. Um, I, think, I think most people would be more familiar with The Ring. With The, with the Ring, yeah. Yeah, Gore Verbinski's uh, 2002 remake, yeah, yeah. which is the, the one starring Naomi Watts, if I remember correctly. The film is really good. The remake is really, really mm-hmm. good. It's the only one you know, horror re- Hollywood horror remake that's actually not as bad as the original. Yes. That, that as good, if not better, slightly than the original because the original, um, um, the original Ringu kind of like stalls halfway through and then kind of like, uh, they have like multiple sequels built up on the franchise and stuff. So it kind of like finishes an unfinished story in a way. But Gore Verbinski is kind of like very, um, he didn't try to make it open-ended in such a way. So it's a very self-contained story that not, a lot of people may remember the original, but in the, instead they remember the Hollywood remake. Uh, so I think it's the interest of time as well. You know, one is released in like 1998. I was about like eight years old back then when the first one came out and then 2002 was released much, much later. So yeah, that's that That's that reason, I guess. Yeah. J-Horror definitely ha- uh, has their own style and their own yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they operate on a very different really scale. Very, very yeah, different yeah. scale than American horror. Kinda, they they kind of take slow storytelling as well, right? Yes, it, so. that, that's right. That's right. That's why I'm, I'm like I'm like thinking very art housey kind of way. You know, very slow compositions and like slow camera turns and stuff. Uh, but it adds up to the scare element of the th- of the game, of, of of the thing. So I guess horror horror movies kind of like operated very nicely on that tone. All right, know? that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna stick with Asia with you, Bring it and on. Yeah. I will give you one very famous one as well from Thailand called Shutter, mm. uh, which yes. we probably have mentioned before. Yes, and it's uh it's, last few episodes. Yeah, I think. yeah, back in 2004, very long time ago as well. Uh, I think it's like the the heyday of Thai horror movies, yeah, right? It is, right it then. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the one that really uh, uh took like took the world by storm. Uh, Shutter is kind of like the one that broke the door. For, yeah. for Thai horror yeah. in, in a way. I remember there was like another horror movie alongside Shutter as well that kind of like introduces like, look, we can do horror films as well. Mm. And if, if it's any better than, than the rest of the world. So, I mean, it all props to them actually. So the story of Shutter is basically um, a couple. Uh, one is uh, the guy is a photographer. Um, and then uh, the girl, the girlfriend, I, I can't remember what she does, but uh, one day, they, one night, they sort of ro- uh, ran into a girl yep. in an accident. accident. And then yeah. uh, they... It's a hit and run, right? Yeah, like, like they did yeah, a hit yeah. and run. And then they soon sort of discover weird things start to... Weird supernatural things yeah. start to happen, um, especially with the guy. 
And I, it was probably the first time that I've really seen uh, horror involving like photographs in our uh, photos yep. Yep. and uh, like uh, the, the the illusion of things yep. in them. Um, um, uh, double, what was that? Double, double, expo- double exposure. exposure. Yeah, double exposure. Yep. 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 So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, all I can say is that like the movie just scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when, you see, when you see like a close-up shot of the photo and yep. then the guy is taking an even closer look so he leans his body in correct correct and then the sh- the the camera looks very close in the photo of like maybe between two people and then there's like a yeah. small little very thin yeah very thin little, little person yeah. behind and suddenly they I mean, t- the thing see, turns and yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah that the scare factor is just like way off the scales correct yeah thailand thailand people really know how to craft their horror movies i remember i remember shutter has one Hell of an ending as well. Yes. I remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't spoil it on on the episode, but anyone <gasps> it's, it's who has an ending it, that really takes you it, it away, it really stays with you. Yeah, like yeah. really, literally leaves you speechless. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it ties up to the entirety of the film as well. How they like flashback to the previous scenes and oh my god, it's 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 a film that's been like um I've been meaning to rewatch, but I haven't gotten into it yet. Guess what? It's on Netflix actually. Really? I, it's on Netflix. Uh, I, I really okay, like just okay. like uh, I was like looking through horror movie selections on Netflix and then to my surprise Shutter was there uh, I had to like click to make sure that it wasn't the uh, Hollywood remake you know that comes like oh, way yeah. years right, later right, right. but it is the uh, Thailand original one so anyone who have, haven't seen Shutter I guess you should watch it mm. you know um, uh, try watching the best of atmosphere you know close up all your lights watching the dead <laughs> of midnight you know those, those kind of things yeah. you, you, I, yeah. I think with this movie right you when you watch it you really want to be scared by it yeah, right? yeah. that's the whole experience and yeah. I, the way the movie was made I think the scare uh, the, 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 the jump scares it, it really works you know yeah. it doesn't feel like a trick or like a, Th- a, Thailand, a cheap trick yeah. Yeah. Thailand horror movies really know how to do their jump scares I mean they really know how to craft their jump scares really really well Shutters have tons of that you know have like has the kind of jump scares that you and is the kind of jump scares that you kind of like anticipate you know when it's going to come out of the corner but and yet you're still taken aback for it, by it so it's it's it, it's super clever, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those, um, uh, yeah, it's one of those, one of the finest uh, horror movies ever made, you know. I remember there's one more, um, Phobia, I think, with a four on a, on, a, on a title. It's like this four short story anthology thing that was released alongside um, um, Shutter as well. I, I remember that when I was like, like, wow, I must have been like, what, standard, you know, like primary school yeah, yeah, years, yeah, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so yeah yeah if, yeah so if you want to get yourself more uh you know it, <laughs> uh in the know with high horror movies you know yeah. start with, have start with shutter is definitely yeah. the, one of the best ones yeah yeah because i really couldn't think of any other thai horror films that really jumped out as me yeah. as much as shutter. Not, nothing that stands out as much as yeah. this one yeah because shutter really operates on like this really great concept you know this like photo of uh, photography mm. ghost photography and, and stuff like that alright uh, so that's my second movie uh, yep. Derek what's your third one uh, I'm gonna keep it you know in traditions of jump scares and stuff I thought of one film that does jump scares really really well uh, is The Conjuring the very first Conjuring um, uh, released in 2013 I think <clears throat> written and directed by James Wan our very own kind of 
Don't, don't try to like a horror connoisseur by that time. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was, he was pretty. He has made, yeah, he has made Saw. I mean, he got his name to Saw. You know, Saw was a major success. You know, spawn off like a franchise of stuff. Saw must have been like um, he was making like third or fourth by the time Conjuring came out, and then he has made the first Insidious, which great commercial success at the time as well. But for me, it was always have been the Conjuring. <clears throat> I I remember the first time I watched it in cinema. Um, it was a packed theater, really, really packed theater. I remember because I was sitting on like underneath on the right hand side. So I remember I had to like can up my neck just to see the screen. Not so bad, but it's still quite a good screening. The film was perfect in such a way that everyone who is in the cinema are feeling the exact same feeling every minute throughout until the end. So you scream at the similar parts, you, you, you can hear gasp and and murmuring and you can hear like you know people covering their eyes you know when you look back it's like a, a feast and i remember telling myself this is what horror movie should be in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a space of a cinema and you know because conjuring conjuring to me is like the one of the best um haunted house horror movies you know horror movies that takes takes place in a space basically and james one really knew how to squeeze every little of his directing skills in order to make that film work you know it's really old school in such a way that you know um the film really does operate on like uh this usage of negative spaces and uh jump scares and you know uh james one isn't the kind of like uh he would let you know where the jump scares are but then he would trick you for a bit knowing you would anticipate that scene and then he would do a double flip and he would scare you in the scene afterwards you know it's 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 tremendously cleverly well executed uh haunted horror house um it's yeah i mean i i couldn't think of any any better haunted horror house instead of that and i couldn't say the same for the sequel as well and for whatever else uh the conjuring cinematic universe has came up with you know things like the nun annabelle and the nun you know um, but I am excited for the third one though. The third one, um, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It, the, which is the third film that is supposed to come out this year, but it's being pushed to next year because of COVID and stuff. So um, 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 I really, really love Conjuring. I've seen that like multiple times. Um, it's still, to this day, still one of his best movie mm. ever made. I, I do like it. I think the first time I mm. saw it, um, Haunted Mansions, Haunted Houses, uh, it seemed, I think yeah. those were the kind of horror movies that people used to do maybe like back in the day, right? Yeah, it is. Of, One of the major elements. Like yeah, back because, in black and white. No, yeah. no, that. Mainly because it's like, I think it's like budgetary issue. Mm. Yeah, budgetary reasons. You, you can do it all in like a room, in like a house. So, and you know. it most likely be like a studio kind of shoot. Yeah. And it's being done to death. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's, it's being done Extremist of ways. Uh, one thing I'm thinking of is it's not really <coughs> horror, but like you know, Casper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Started yeah, off yeah. as uh, like the family moving into the it house. Is, is. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Man, I miss Casper. I have to rewatch. I, I haven't your, seen your Casper since goes. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. That that would be perfect for kids. For kids, though. I mean that film. Well, I mean just the CGI alone during back then. Yes, it, it yes. was pretty impressive. Re- remind me. If is Casper involved in Disney in some way? No, 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 no. I don't think so. It's not. No, right? no, yeah, it's yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a weird suspicion that he was involved with Disney, but I could have. No, no. Casper is more edgier <laughs> than what Disney, than yes, Disney would have done. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that. All right. But yeah, I mean, James Wan Conjuring is um for people who haven't seen it, and uh, yeah, they they should check it out. Cool, cool. Um, 
my third movie, I am going to choose <coughs> one that uh, that I have seen off for the first time when I was, I think, back in high school as well. Um, it was uh, my first more memorable uh, mm. zombie-related movie. Right. And this one is the very famous uh, Dawn of the Dead in mm. 2004 yeah, yeah. as well, <coughs> the same year. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, directed by Zack Snyder. Yep. Uh, yeah. One of his better one of films. His actually very say. good zombie movies, I think. Uh, written <clears throat> by James Gunn. Yeah, written by James yeah, Gunn. Yeah. yeah, written by James yeah. Gunn. Yeah. Uh, the cast back then was uh, Sarah Polly, Ty Burrell, oh, Ming Rames, Michael Kelly, and Mikai Pfeiffer. You know? Have you heard of yeah. his name yeah, in a while? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, Sarah Polly and Ving Rames. Ving Rames from uh, really... uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah, you don't see those. I mean, Sarah Polly has gone on to like directing, directing some more. films yeah. and direct uh, documentaries and stuff. But yeah, it's it's... Those names, man, early year 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very early. And then, uh, yeah, basically, I mean, the story is, is uh, a zombie <coughs> apocalypse happens one day and then these group of strangers, they kind of have to fend for themselves in a shopping mm. mall, um, which is a fun, kind of fun to watch. Um, and yeah, I haven't seen a lot of movie, uh, zombie movies prior to that. So it was, it really um, stood out for me, um, especially the, the way these zombies were. They were like fast, aggressive. Yep. They were yep, very yep, yep. gory. They're not like the super slow ones like mm. in the original Dawn of the Dead. Uh, the, yeah, the George yeah. A. Romero. The George A. Romero, yeah. Yes. And then, yeah, it's... um. And I, I remember this one scene like early in the movie, very, very early on. Uh, Sarah Polly uh, goes back home and then um, uh, her husband uh, apparently tells her that uh, she, he got bit Um. Oh no no! What was it? Oh no no no! Sorry sorry. Um. Uh. They they sort of uh slept and then I think the next morning or something there was a girl, um, who got bit before. Mm. And then the girl go or the daughter or the girl walks into the room and then the girl just jumps on top of the guy yeah, and then yeah. like bites a piece yeah. of skin from yep, his yep, neck yep. off and that is like the rest introduction to a zombie movie. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, it was just like very colorful cars. Uh, the scares and the zombiness of it all was just amazing. It really gets like your, my your blood pumping, you know, when you mm. watch it. Yeah. 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 Do, do you remember watching it? Um, it's it's it's, it's been a while back. Uh, I watch it. I, my first time watching it was um, I think my first year of college. I think I watch it quite later in in, in life. But yeah, it's it's a really really entertaining film. I mean. Uh, do I find it particularly scary? Not really, but it's uh, it's mostly really very driven by gore and uh, very cast of colorful characters. You know, knowing James Gunn back in the day, knowing the stuff that he can do now, he clearly can handle. He can he can clearly write scenes that involve a lot of people, so you can clearly tell where his skills lies from. And uh, and Zack Snyder, I mean, he's making another zombie film mm. right for Netflix, yep. which uh, which you know haven't come out anytime soon. So he's going but- back to his horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going back to the small scale, um, you know, driven by practical effects and um, horror movie upbringing rather than the superior lean of stuff. But yeah, it, it's it's you know, I can't wait for that as well. Actually, yeah, zombie movies since then, uh, some of them they take quite a bit of heat. I think you know, mm. they're trying to mm. recapture that that moment. We we don't see <laughs> that 
often mm. nowadays. I remember there was a time when um, there's there's like a resurgence of zombie movies. You, know, you can see it like coming out. Yes, like it was li- literally like every time, every yeah, movie yeah, that yeah. comes out, yeah. And then- Has a zombie element attached to it. And then you it. have yeah. another different twist with uh, Shaun of the Dead after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Edgar Wright kind of like, you know, twist the entire element out of it. And then, um, you know, it. Be- I remember it began really with uh, 28 Days Later, you know, 28 Days Later, and then it releases like 28 Weeks Later. Um, Danny Boyle has really played in that sandbox. And then you have like people like Zack Snyder. And then um, I'm trying to think like, who else has made a really good zombie film? There must be like one or two. Uh, well, I mean, I, mean like- I guess uh, since then, you see the resurgence of, I guess, The Walking Dead as well becoming yeah, popular. Yeah. They're kind of like overtaking the popular culture as the yeah, with yeah. the zombies. Yeah, so no other filmmakers weren't like, nah, <laughs> z- zombie, no, not really. No, don't want to play in that world anymore. Well, even know? us, even in Malaysia, we have uh, KL Zombies. Even yeah, we made yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, with a yeah. few like popular filmmakers, yeah, yeah, right. James Lee, right? James Lee, yeah. I think I think it's an anthology, anthology with thing yeah, of three yeah, filmmakers. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, I would just end with this movie <coughs> by saying that um at the at the end of the movie um I actually went to look at my window outside to see if there were actual zombies, li- <laughs> like lingering out there. Yeah. So yeah. it it really got to me at that point. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So okay, Derek, your your fourth movie then. Uh, my fourth one. Uh, my fourth and fifth one will be my personal favorite. I would say. Uh, my fourth one is a film called Lake Mungo. Um, Lake Mungo is this very little, um, film that I'm pretty sure not many people know about or even read about or even even watch it because uh it's uh it's Canadian. Found foot. I I would really not call it found footage, but really call it um um sort of like this um. Um, what do you call it? The documentary that's kind of like portraying the real life, but you know it's like scripted documentary. You know, I know it doesn't mean for it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's under the long <clears throat> under the same line of like uh Blair Witch and 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 all these films, Cloverfield and all that. So it's like this mockumentary, uh, a film that follows a family after the death of their eldest daughter. So uh, the entire film is crafted by this like talking heads of like you know. Um, interviews by his uh by by the father, the mom, and the eldest uh the younger brother as well, um, <clears throat> on how they're processing their grief over the death of their uh, uh of their beloved daughter, you know, because they went out to like a uh, swim in a dam somewhere, and then the daughter kind of like uh disappeared after a while, and then a few days later they found her body at at the bottom of a river somewhere, and the film kind of like is this collections of like interviews with the family, like what exactly happened as they try to like investigate, yeah, as they try to like undergo investigations of like interviewing different people and the town and through all that process, you kind of get to know the town that the case has been set in and uh, what exactly happened to the girl. And I won't really spoil much of the plot detail because um, I, this is one of those films where if you know very little about it, the better. But uh, th- there's a reason why I put it out as a as my Halloween watch because, uh, it is concerned some um th- it has some supernatural elements to it, um a very very scary scenes sometimes and it also involves some kind of like ghost photography at some point, um implemented very very well um uh, mostly because of the conviction of this um I'm pretty sure they are like non actors I mean they are like amateur actors being portrayed on screen but they're so good they're so convincing the whole entire family I mean they could fool 
the entire film could fool a normal audiences into thinking that it's an actual case, but rest assured, it's not. And the director, who I, I unfortunately have forgotten his name, he only made this one film, you know, this late Mungo, and then he kind of like disappeared from limelight. I do not know what happened to him after that. So everybody's been like trying to get interviews from him and he's this, he's this director with this very mysterious enigma towards him, you know, doesn't want to give too much interviews and stuff. So it only adds so much character to the film itself. And I've been championing late Mungo to anyone and everyone who I know love movie as much as I do. And because it's the film, I'm really, really convinced that they will love it as much as I do because I, re- I, re- I, I really love this film so much, you know, in terms of like the way they execute it and it, the, the, the way they set up the beginning and the middle and then the crazy, crazy ending of this film. Um, it's just right up there for me in terms of like personal favorite film and also personal favorite horror film of all time. I I have not seen it, <coughs> yeah. but I I do like the fact that um you mentioned it's a a small little horror movie, mm. right? Usually works on very limited budget, right? It is, I assume it is. and very very little. And I yeah. think those those horror movies usually they know how to uh, like squeeze every budget into the yeah. story and everything. So it, there's a limitation in terms of budget. It kind of like uh, forces them to tell a story in a more elegant way. So yeah, yeah. Th- those are usually a very good ones. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, I I would definitely try and check it out then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been cropping up in the best of lists in the past couple of years, mm. and I'm and I'm whenever whenever I pass by those kind of lists, I'm kind of like, oh okay. So I'm not the only one. So I'm not the only one who, who <laughs> I'm not the only one who kind of like noticed that film because that film really is um it doesn't have a wide release and um very people who have seen it kind of like champion it through the word of mouth and then they kind of like garnered this very little cult following of its own. It's it's my kind of it's my kind of shit. Mm. You know, those films are my kind of shit, and I I love taking those films out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, from a small horror movie to my next choice, mm. which is basically I think on a lot of people's uh top ten. It's right. pretty much the one of the popular ones. Uh, it's The Shining by Stanley mm. Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, made in nineteen eighty. So yeah. Yeah, this film, I don't know if I need to talk about it. I think a lot of people would know already about what it is. Um, uh, but basically, the gist of the story is that this family of three uh, goes to a hotel in the mountains where Jack Nicholson's <laughs> character is uh, go, uh, going there to Ru- write, write, the, write, yeah. a, write his book. And yeah. then uh, the hotel is supposed to be closed for the winter season. And so yep. they're all alone there. And then, of course, you know, when you're alone, then weird things start to happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... I think because this this film... Because um, a lot of horror movies, you don't see it done by directors that are considered as, like, authors, right? Like, yep. craft makers of the, of the form. Uh, but when you watch this, when you see Stanley Kubrick direct this, mm. you can you tell, like, you can tell a lot of... Um, uh, finesse touches on yeah. on to sort of elevate the horror elements yeah so uh so you you have maybe one or two jump scares here and there but it's it's the scenes that um gets under your skin it's like the slow zoom in it's the lingering shots it's yeah. the way the characters look especially jack nicholson when he's just jack looking nicholson. out the window especially he looks like jack he's deranged yeah and it's a lot of all these little moments that yeah. um, sort of put you into a very uneasy mood. 
Yeah, um, and uh, Shelly Duval as well. Shelly I mean, Duval yeah, as well. A lot of report has been said. Uh, it's a lot have been like covered of like how her working relationship with like the rest with, of the crew yeah. is, especially with uh, Kubrick himself. She was like and, uh, kind of like abused by Stanley not Kubrick many of them are good. to, yeah, not to many, get the performance. Not out. many of them are good stories, but then but then when you hear stories like Kubrick like this, and then uh, when you hear perils of like stories of how David Fincher work on like social network, you can kind of like okay, I mean it's a it's a it's a workmanship of how crazy directors working in, yeah. in the set. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the kind of movie that sticks with you. It really relies on atmosphere, mm. right? It's, yeah, it's, it's a, very it's a atmospheric film, as well. Yeah. Very, very atmospheric. I mean, I mean, um, it's you know helped by the the immensity of how the hotel set is being built and how the rest of it is with is like just driven by this like sound of howling snow and you know, all this. You can sense the isolation of the family being trapped out right up there, and you can you can kind of tell they are cut off from the outside world, and they are helpless against uh, whatever stuff that. Jack, uh, whatever experiences that the family is going through, yeah, it's really yeah. using the the isolation into and yeah. turning it into sort of like derangement and uh, yeah. confusion yeah. and mixed with uh, some slight supernatural <laughs> uh, phenomenon. You know, like uh, yeah. that, that's what they call the shining. You know, that happens yeah, yeah, with yeah. Danny. Yeah. Um, because apparently, because apparently, the 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 book that Stanley Kubrick adapted it from. He kind of like, I mean, there's a reason why he tussled with Stephen King and why Stephen King until to this day, he will not acknowledge the film. And same thing goes to Kubrick. Kubrick won't acknowledge the book because apparently he, he took what off that book and then he basically threw away much of the shining element of the story because the book apparently is, you know, it's a lot more focused on Danny, you know, and Danny's relationship with the, with the, with the parents and stuff and how um, his telekinetic power yes, thing yes. going on you know he, the, the one where you can predict the futures yeah. and you can see the futures and stuff so Kubrick kind of look at that and it's like nope I'm not going to use that for the film I'm going to craft my little own uh, loosely adaptation of the book and then he basically just gone onto a mountain somewhere and just make this film mm. and while the script doesn't really seek any blessing from both parties, not especially Stephen King, because Stephen King very famously disavowed this film. He basically entirely. hates the movie. He basically and he doesn't movie, like yeah. Jack Nicholson playing the character in exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so Kubrick is basically operating on their own level at the behest of the studios and stuff. So yeah, it's they yeah. um yeah they just they don't like the way each other was uh, reinterpreting the work. Yeah. Um and I, I actually read the book as well. It is a little bit mm. different than the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not it's not as scary actually. It's just correct. It's just unnerving. It's more, yeah. I mean, it's more rooted in more like science fiction, very slight yeah, supernatural yeah, element. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, but I like in the in the movie it if you if there's like one example to show what the shining thing was, it's uh I guess it's when uh Danny is in trouble and then you get because the the helper. Has yes. that gift as well, the shining, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you could see um that that um the helper was sort of getting like a signal from Danny, and that's why mm. like it prompted him to go to the hotel. Yeah. So I, that's like one example that I can think of. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the element that it's later explored in a sequel, right? I mean, like Mike Flanagan's uh, Doctor Sleep. Did you adaptation. see? It? I actually didn't see Doctor Sleep. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um. Um. Doctor Sleep kind of operates very little on the horror element sort of things. He decided instead to expound on the whole shining elements to mm. it. So I'm guessing, you know, it came very much from the book itself because Stephen King wrote the sequel to that book. 
um, uh, apart from having very little to no connection to the original movie. So it, it has like um, the character of Danny now all grown up. And then basically you have that, uh, uh, the sci-fi element of The Shining being explained basically. So the film is really good on its own actually. Um, it, it pays to this like slight homage to, to The Shining as well of which reasons I won't really go into because it's quite spoilerish. But uh, back to The Shining a bit. Uh, yeah, it's a fun fact. I I mean, um, this is the first Kubrick film I've seen. Oh. So <laughs> when I first saw it, I thought Kubrick was like, huh, he's a really good horror director. So <laughs> imagine my surprise when I decided to check out his other films. And then so, you realize it's the only horror movie he's I, ever exactly. made. <laughs> so, I mean, because, you know, I, I watch Shining because it's like, you know, highly come recommended by like multiple, yeah. multiple lists across the world of like uh, people arguing whether it's the <laughs> most the, like the best horror film ever crossed especially when you're in college you would probably argue with that with, yeah, with students about it yeah correct correct and then um and i thought like, oh okay it's a really really good like re- you know relies heavily in atmosphere and he's really good director and then you're a really really great director and then i shall check out 2001 and <laughs> 2001 turned out to be a very different film i shall check out spartacus spartacus turned out to be a very different film and uh, same goes to eyes wide shut and his various other films so Kubrick is one of those uh, rare gem that has happened in the world of cinema in that he's like very, it's a very gifted director in that he can handle multiple genres mm-hmm. at one time. He's the only guy that's been like tackling all these different, different genre throughout his career. Yeah, so. You wouldn't attribute one certain genre to his work. And he's, yeah. he's someone who's very precise, very detailed. Mm-hmm. He, he's also sort of the, uh, the, the power person on set, right? right. Like you kind of yeah. have to listen to him. He, he's the kind of, he's the kind of person that I think studios would listen to him as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He would fight a lot with the studio executive, I, I assume. Yep. Yeah, uh, okay, so down to your last movie now. Yes. Um, I'm very simple. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make it very, very quick. Um, it's 1982's John Carpenter classic The Thing. I, I, I'm not, uh, I've never seen this film when I was a kid. I watched it quite later when in my adult life. I I love this movie. I thought this this movie is an example of why I still prefer practical effect over special uh, over uh, you know computer generated visual effects. Um, this film still relies very heavily on like makeups and uh, creature effects to the best of ways. I couldn't think of any example that employs the same kind of level of artistry. Maybe besides Alien, maybe besides really Scott's Alien. And, uh, you know, uh, it's about this group of scientists who are working in an in, in a, in a outpost in Antarctic, Arctic outpost. And um, one fine day, they were being ravaged by this shape-shifting entity who can basically manipulate them by shifting into anybody, any human. So you can't really tell which is the human, which is the alien. So the, the the film really operates in this level of like thriller element as well because there's this like um kind of like this courtroom style kind of thing where you can't really tell who to trust and there's this sense of distrust and this sense of like um shattering of alliances between groups of men and and this like very cut in in this location that's very cut off from the rest of the world again so but but I thought the thing is is it's a masterpiece in of itself it's it's to me one of John John Carpenter's best film ever he even said it is his favorite film up to this date um i kind of feel bad when it was released because 
when this film was released, I did a bit of research. When this film was released in June 25th, 1982, Blade Runner came out on the exact same day. So this, this film has like very bad luck in terms of box office. So apparently this film dropped on June 25th, 1982. Blade Runner dropped on the same day as well. Two weeks beforehand, Steven Spielberg's E.T. came out. And the week afterwards, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan came out. And then Poltergeist came out. So that month of June, which is a summer month of 1982, is for anyone who have grown up in their like early teens in the, in the early 1980s, we'll regard 1982 as like the best years for film ever. You have like Poltergeist, E.T., uh, Wrath of Khan, uh, The Thing, a lot, Blade a lot Runner. Of big blockbuster films Huge, out there. which is like regarded as classic to this day. So I can't, I can't imagine as a kid growing up in those times. So the thing kind of like being buried underneath all this giant, you know, because America was going through a very different time back in the early 80s. Um, so when Steven Spielberg's E.T. came out, it, everybody kind of looked at E.T. as kind of like, oh, that happy film with that happy alien um, kids running around and then a very jovial mood of that film. And then when John Carpenter's The Thing came out, Everybody can kind of look at it as like the the anti ET of it, you know, the other film that kind of like focuses on the violence and very gore aspect nature of the alien films and stuff. So people can like swept it aside. So it wasn't really a box office failure, but it wasn't really a hit. So John Carpenter's name kind of like forgotten through the history. So he was like, um, uh, I heard like Universal Picture kind of like drop him out of a picture deal because the film didn't really perform as well as they uh, predicted. And then he has lamented about, I mean, John Carpenter himself has been lamented about this fact for many, many years now. And I kind of feel bad for that because once you kind of like rewatch the film again and again, you realize that the thing is like one of those really, really like one of the finest monster movie ever made, one of the best films ever made. And I'm glad it kind of like had like resurgence of like people rediscovering the films and stuff. So, I mean, but he has mentioned like if the thing has made, has made quite a presence like he predicted, his career would have been very, very different. You know, he would have gone on as to be as someone as big as Spielberg or even Ridley Scott, you know, but time hasn't been kind to that film. But I, I, the thing is one of those films that uh, I watched that film. I kind of like, okay, I want to make films now. I kind of like, I want to make uh uh monster visual effects it, it kind of made everyone who watches the film kind of like this giddy little kid again in a workshop kind of like okay i want to i know what i want to do now and that kind of thing so i i yeah it's one of my favorite films of all time really mm -hmm. it's actually one of my favorites as well um yeah. all the reasons that you just mentioned uh yeah it's it's, it's kind of sad to think about like knowing a movie like that which is considered like a classic today mm. being outshined by so other many other classics films. back then yeah. And it sort of, you know, became one of those sleeper hit movies that mm. you people only realize after a while. Kind of like Fight Club as well. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't, it, they would say it's too, uh, too, too ahead of their time, right? Back then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the thing. Um, the and it's really weird because John Carpenter was like quite big back in the day as well. He, he, at, the, at the point of his career, he has made Halloween, you know, his feature film debut. He has made The Fork. Uh, he has made um, he has made Escape from New York with Kurt Russell in which he used again for the thing and after the thing he went on to make like uh, uh, Dark Star and then uh, Big Trouble Little China and then uh, They Live and 
Prince of Darkness. You know, he has made all these films which are like for for cinephiles, kind of like this national treasure of films, of like DVDs you have to have on your shelf kind of a thing. References of which you will go back to each and every time before you make a film, that kind of thing. So, for, I mean, filmmakers from Guillermo del Toro to Edgar Wright to to everyone that you know, Tarantino have cited like the uh, huge influence out of John Carpenter's film over the years. So it's it's only right for me to name the thing right up there on this list. I think, yeah, it's a very good choice. I yeah. always remember the poster, the original one yeah. Yeah. of uh, the, the man with with the light shining out of yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very iconic poster, yeah. Yeah, I think. All right. Um, those, uh, that's a very good, strong list of five movies uh, you have there. Yeah. Uh, I will end mine with a little bit of a European flair. Mm. Um, it's, from 2008, it is a, I wouldn't call it a straight up horror movie, it's sort of horror and drama. It's a Swedish movie called Let the Right One In. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's about a, a, a boy, oh. a, a young boy who sort of befriends a vampire girl. Mm. And it was, it's probably one of the very first uh Swedish vampire movies, if I'm not mistaken. I think but so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was the one that sort of uh, made its way around the world, and then people start to take notice of it to a point where you know the um, you the US made a remake of it called yeah. Let Me In with By Corey Reeves. Grace Moret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> not half as bad as I imagine as well. It, it actually, I, again, yeah, I heard it's, it's actually, all right. yeah. But uh, I like this one the most because yeah. it's actually, it's actually pretty hauntingly beautiful in terms mm. of their friendship. Um, in terms of uh, this little vampire girl who also is try- was trying to figure herself out. So it's kind of like a coming of age movie as yes. well. Um, there's a particular scene where uh, the girl uh, goes to the boy's house and then uh, the girl, the the girl wants to come in, and then the boy says, uh, you know, just come in. Uh, and but then the girl's like, no, you have to invite me in. Yeah. Because uh, she's a vampire. And then, but the boy says, you know, what's gonna happen? You know, just just come in anyway. So she walks in, and then uh, it seems fine. But then after a while, she starts to like, uh, act a little bit weird. And then you can see like blood starts to come out from yeah, yeah. Uh, different from parts mouth. of her face yeah, from her yeah. eyes and nose and mouth and head and then yeah. the boy like sees oh, my, oh shit you know then he says okay you can come in you can come in so like that kind of scene um, it's sort of it, it's kind of scary but it's also uh, something that makes you excited because you haven't really seen something like that right in, in yeah. before so I mean, I mean the vam- <laughs> the vampire the vampire law yeah. being adopted by the European side of things, yeah. you know, given the it's... European touch to it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and being turned to like a coming of age movie as well. Correct, correct. And yeah, I think when the when the horror elements kick in, you know, it definitely makes you take notice of it. It's mm. uh, it's something for you to watch if you don't want just straight up horror. If you want something mm. to take away from, I think yeah. it's very good. It talks about friendship. Uh, yeah. talks about um, yeah it just I guess it just shows you what sweet a Swedish horror movie looks like mm, which mm. Is, I think it's pretty good so <clears throat> yeah 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 so that's yeah. the last movie on my list yep uh, if we want to do a quick recap uh, the movie that I have on my list is Leprechaun Dawn of the Dead 
Light the let the right one in, the shining and shutter. And for Derek is Um Lake Mungo, the thing, uh it follows. Uh why am I blanking out? Um why am I blanking on the other two? Uh I'm pre- we'll, we'll we'll put this in the show note. Why am I blanking on the other two? <laughs> Honestly. Wait, it was yeah. Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. Uh not in a particular order, yeah, Lake Mungo. It follows. Uh, uh it follows the thing, the, the conjuring. Thing, the conjuring. Yep. And then uh, Ringo, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Yep. And we have a few yeah. notable mentions as well. We have like the tons. Uh, of I have a few, mention. but yeah, there yeah, is yeah. a ton. Uh, I, which I'm not gonna even mention. I only have the four. Basically, it. it was uh, yep. it follows, which I mentioned. Uh, the Baba Duke. Yeah. Uh, very good Australian Baba horror. Duke is so I rewatched it the other day. It's so good. Very it's very so, good. So yeah. good. I I forgot just how great it is. It it's really, genuinely a great movie. It really shows you uh what depression looks like in a way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Shaun of the Dead, one very classic. Put it in. Yeah, yeah. Zombie movie and another one, The Exorcist. Which yeah, was considered yeah. as the greatest horror really, movie at one yeah, point. I really regarded it as the one of the high point because mainly because of the stuff that surrounds the film you know how the film set is like reportedly like cursed and how one of the set is being uh, uh set to fire or something like that and then um um few people faint at the screening of the film yes, kind of. yes. so it, it all that kind of thing it fuels the marketing of the film you know how that thing happens on the opening night and everybody kind of like oh i wonder what film that is you know and then you drive the the ticketing through and then uh, and so does William Fritkin's name as well. So it's 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 one of those like the stories behind the scene yeah, and, and yeah. stuff like that. A lot of interesting oh. stuff behind it. Uh, yeah. What about you? Um, I won't even look at my list. I'll just run through some of the top of my head. Uh, you know, in the recent years, we've seen all these uh, great horror movies that came out. You know, I'll be I'll be I'll be crazy if I didn't say Hereditary. You know, I was gonna put it in my list, but it's kind of like over mentioned at this point so but i really love the film when it came out um midsommar was great as well Ari Aster is one of those directors that you really need to um take notice in the coming years um the, his contemporary like you know jordan peele's get out i've seen get out in some other lists as well i wouldn't necessarily call it horror movie but it's a film it's the, with such a strong social commentary social, kind of yeah, commentary yeah with the social with issues horror, and stuff horror, yeah. horror elements yeah and I see like, a quiet um, place a lot yeah, a quiet place as well. New ones, right? Do you, you yep. see that? And then, uh, you know, um, the Shining, uh, the Witch, yep. you know, um, and also, you know, I have Shutter. I have like the local film. I have, I have put Jan Panam Lakang over here in my list. I remember it's such a good film actually. Actually, so I still need to find ways to rewatch that. But I've watched that one time mm. when I was like back in like high school or something like that I've seen The Wailing on the list as well The Wailing is so good as well yeah it's such a such a good film Um, I even put in Child's Play because I really really liked that film when yeah, I was a kid yeah. I remember watching Child's Play 2 I think Child's Play 2 was the one that I remember the most because I've watched it tons of time in the VCD. I think when you watch it as a kid it's definitely scarier yeah yeah and then when we're looking at the TV series side of things, um, but not that much. Uh, you can name some like Twin Peaks. You know, mm. Twin Peaks doesn't necessarily operate in a horror element of thing, but it is very unsettling show when you watch it as a whole. That plays with like dream sequences and, and, and stuff. And of course, the more obvious one, like Haunting of Bly Manor, which is very recent, and then Haunting of Hill House, which is very recent. I even put in here, very weirdly enough, True Detective with a question mark at the end. Because True Detective for me, even though 
it's a police procedural kind of thing. But it's the whole entire when I think back of the when I think back of what the show what made the show really, really good is that the whole element about the yellow king and the insanity of the that drive the serial killer and stuff. So I remember I remember that element as opposed to what Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson's character does in the, in the show, but it's the mystique and the myth that drive the entire series. So I, I would put that in as well. So yeah, I mean, that's a lot more, I'm pretty sure, out there that, I, that we didn't yeah, mention. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure time. you would have your own best of list as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you want to share with us what your great horror yeah. movies are, you know, please do so. Please comment. Tell us what is good. You know, there's definitely a lot that we haven't seen. So, you know, we do want to check out yeah. as much as we can. So, yeah, feel free to comment your list as well. Yeah. And if you decided to check out any of this film, I guess we kind of did our job, you know, because the primary reason was to expose this kind of films more to outside people who may not otherwise know the kind of films that we talk about. So... And that is basically our top five list yes. of horror movies for Halloween. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's it's a quiet Halloween, but although we don't really celebrate it, but yeah. it's I think it's I can, just I half wishing we do though. But I mean, yeah, we we, we don't really but, celebrate. I mean, it. Yeah, usually people just have like those parties and bars and stuff for just for like people to dress up. But yeah, yeah. we don't really go out to trick or treat and, and do all yeah, that. Yeah. So it'd be a very different trick-or-treat situation over here <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah i mean that basically that's our episode for today uh yeah. we hope you are all doing well uh yeah. staying safe and hoping that this will all blow over very soon hopefully soon but yeah don't hold your breath i guess is what i'm saying yes yes yeah, yeah. We, let's just do our part and yeah we'll get to have our have our country back hopefully yeah I want to go back to cinema. Oh, a very quick word on how cinemas were uh, shutting down yeah, the remainder of November. Not good for them. It's not good. Right now. But, but it's a very understandable action. Yeah. Actually, given how um, um, events has transpired. But yeah, it, uh, it really sucks to read that news. Mm. Um, we, yeah. yeah, and news about MBO as well, which I hope is not true. I hope that they stay uh, for a yeah. long time. But yeah, yeah. yeah, arguably people just can't go to cinemas right now so yeah yeah um yeah we're just gonna hope for the best uh anyway um thank you for listening so far you know we're yeah. glad to be back again recording yes. uh we hope you enjoy listening as well um if uh you have anything that you'd like to tell us please feel free to do so we are always here to respond and yeah thank you so much for your time yeah and that's all we're gonna say today uh my name is my gary name is Derek. My name is Derek. And you're listening to Are We Rolling? And we'll catch you again next time. Happy Halloween. Happy people. Halloween. Yeah, bye bye. Thank you.